0: And in this market, when inventory is so low and when a new house hits the market, everybody's swarming in to look at it. It gives everybody a chance to get through, submit their offers, and then we like to have it all wrapped up on Monday for our seller. Buying
1: or selling real estate can be stressful. After all, it's not any old house we're talking about. It's your home. When it's time to buy or sell, turn to Colleen Benson and the Benson Broker Group with Keller Williams. Get answers to your real estate questions and put your search in capable hands. It's time for Keeping It Real Estate with Colleen Benson. Colleen, I've got some great headlines in front of me uh, from the last couple of weeks. Want to run some of these things by you to see, hey, are we seeing these trends or these takeaways locally as we are nationally? And I know you always provide us some great perspective on these things. The first one's really intriguing, okay? They uh, wanted to look at the best day of the week to list a home. And I know this is going to have probably all sorts of caveats and you know <laughs> clauses we need to add in here, but it's interesting to discuss nonetheless. Uh, according to uh, Redfin, uh, it's Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. Their data shows that midweek listings tend to sell for $1,700 more on average than weekend listings curious if you agree see the same thing and do you have a preferred listing day
0: i do i definitely have a strategy for this and uh one of the reasons why uh, our team is based on systems and models and that you know when we do such volume and have so many agents of course we need to follow systems and models and one of those is we try to go live on thursdays and when i say live that means live on all online platforms. We like to do that on a Wednesday afternoon or a Thursday morning. And the reason being is sometimes it takes 24 hours to syndicate to all the various Trulia, Zillow's, Redfin's, all those sites. And uh, then it gives buyers time for it to pop up on their phone, for them to call their realtor, to set an appointment and get in and see it. And in this market, when inventory is so low and when a new house hits the market, everybody's swarming in to look at it. It gives everybody a chance to get through, submit their offers, and then we like to be have it all wrapped up on Monday for our seller. And so often it's for sake of ease for our seller if they need to go to the beach for the weekend or get out of town so we can um, cram in as many showings as possible or host open houses, whatever it takes to get that weekend traffic, and then be done hopefully with, you know, offers to present to our sellers on Monday. So in this market, yep, that's our strategy. And, and I think that there is proof to it that we tend to get more money because we're giving the few days through the weekend for everybody that wants to see it to be able to see it.
1: Yeah, I'm sure we could probably uh, pick and choose lots of different data. And I, I also think uh, I took a quick look at some of the deeper levels of this uh, particular study. And there were certain markets where the data really, I think, skewed the overall numbers. So, Oh, interesting. Yeah, like I think it was Boston, I want to say, had like this really ridiculous difference between weekday listings and the weekend listings. And so that may have been skewing a lot of the, the data from some of those top areas. So. Well,
0: my admin team doesn't work on weekends, so we're we're not taking any <laughs> listings to market on Saturdays and Sundays. Um, the agents are out in the field, go meeting with clients and getting the getting the listing agreements, but putting them on- online with the photos and everything that needs to be done to get it ready for market. Marketing director and and all of that. Um, yeah, that's usually during. Obviously, going to be during the business week for us.
1: Yep, it's a great point and a really interesting uh, little takeaway there. So uh, let's move on to another one here, Colleen. More interest in green homes has started to uh, crop up. 65% of a group of realtors surveyed in 2021 said that they think promoting energy efficiency in listings is valuable. It's, it's worth doing. Yeah. Um, other data shows that buyers are willing to pay more than $9,000 more for a home if it saves them at least $1,000 annually on utilities. Do you prioritize green features in your listings? And and what's the level of interest in the area
0: in that? Absolutely. It kind of throws me off that only 65% of realtors said they think that promoting energy efficiency in listings is valuable. It seemed like if you have an energy-efficient home that you're marketing and bringing to market – you would absolutely want to market that and promote that. And so I would expect that number to be higher. But yes, we definitely prioritize green features and interest level, you know, it... It varies right now. People just want a house so bad they just don't even care. They just want a house. But as far as the new the new construction, Give me the home. I want yes, the home. we'll deal with that later. Um, we've got a real great community that's lead certified, um, green, environmentally conscious here in the Salem area. And I've sold a couple homes in that neighborhood, and, and it's fantastic. But the things that our buyers, I would say, are really looking at, for the most part, is you know energy efficient appliances. And, and then the, the windows, windows are a big deal, upgraded windows for efficiency, big deal. And then the lighting, you know, the, the high-end uh, light bulbs that use less energy, I would say is what people are really looking for at a local level right now. We were just talking
1: about light bulbs, I feel like, just a couple of weeks ago on one of the shows. Um, so that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, that pops up as well as many more of these uh, green items. And Colleen, sounds mm-hmm. like you certainly leverage those. So very good. Let's talk about flooring, one of the biggest you know, areas of upgrade and attention in a home. I thought this was interesting. Uh, builders across the country were asked for their favorite flooring brands when installing laminate, vinyl, or you know, traditional wood flooring. Mm-hmm. Um, Armstrong was listed as the most well-known, followed by Mohawk and Shaw. The three were also used, um, the, the most used. So they were most well-known and most used, mm-hmm. although uh, slightly different order between the three. And then Armstrong and, uh, Armstrong and Shaw were also top three in quality. So Armstrong and Shaw seems like if you have that in your home or if you're upgrading in the area, you can't go wrong with those brands based on uh, some of that builder data. At least that's what builders are often attracted to.
0: Yeah, and I would agree with that. You know, I don't really pay attention to the brand names of the flooring going in. We mostly pay
1: attention to the color of it, right? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But if you are in that upgrade uh, vicinity and you're trying to decide between some brands to focus on, those two have some pretty good track records of being in the top 3 in all of those categories. So
0: and the main question I get but, is yeah. the difference between vinyl and laminate. And yeah. um so you almost can't really tell the difference. I mean, obviously hardwood floors is the most luxurious thing you can you can do, but they're not going to go everywhere. Whereas the laminate and the luxury vinyl plank, LVP, as you see it everywhere standing, that is um, more practical for everyday use, and you can put it in basements and bathrooms, and um, it's waterproof, and it's industrial for, for dog paws and kids spills and all those things. I would say that the laminate is, is a little bit more... Better for, like, cutting costs and and environmentally. We just talked about green. I think laminate's a little bit more environmentally friendly. But the LVP is definitely most popular right now here locally, and that's just for it's easy to install, it's durability, and it's waterproof. Um, Repairs and maintenance are low cost, and it's great for pets.
1: Yeah, I think you're making great points. And uh, we we do the vinyl plank and uh, the LVP and have certainly Mm -hmm. enjoyed it in many areas of our home. Um, inexpensive, easy to install and lay. And uh, so, yeah, it's definitely good stuff. Top kitchen appliances. So this was the same study, same survey, where they did kitchen appliances. And I wanted to highlight this one because uh, everybody likes appliances and (laughs) talking about upgrading their kitchen with various things. So in terms of quality as rated by builders, so we're talking about quality, they listed Wolf as number one, Sub-Zero as number two, I have no idea how to pronounce number three, (laughs) Gagano. not familiar. Gagajanio? I don't know. Uh, Viking, number four, and Thermador making it to the top five. Now we get to more familiar brands in six, seven, and eight with, uh, how do you say, is it Miele? Is that the the one, Miele, I think? Yes. Yep, Um, yep. Miele, and then Bosch and KitchenAid end up being your top two of what I would consider the most well-known brands.
0: Yeah. I mean, we'd all love, I mean, I'm a cook. I've owned a couple of restaurants. I like to call myself a chef. Um, I'd love a Wolf range in my kitchen, but it's just not practical in in mm-hmm. most people's homes. I mean, that's a that's a big kitchen. If you're going to have a Wolf range in there, probably 42 inch minimum in size. And so, in a normal average household kitchen, it's really not going to fit, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
1: Even some like Viking kitchens, a lot of the those top brands definitely kind of. Uh, You're you talking know, luxury homes, talk. yes, right? Yeah,
0: well, yeah. Well, what
1: do you see as the most popular and well liked? brands in your area? So
0: I just replaced my appliances in my kitchen. I had a mishap on Easter and my oven door fell and shattered all over the kitchen. Oh my gosh. So I had to go get a new, I had to shop for a new one and of course if you guys don't know this I'm letting you know appliances are backed up months and months and months. So first of all after talking to Kelly's Home Furnishings which I'm friends with the owner and he always helps me out and gives me um, the best customer service for my clients and then a couple of the big box stores I realized okay, you're not buying a Samsung right now because they're about seven, eight months out. Um, so the Samsung line is, they've got all these cool features, the, the refrigerator, they've got the quad door going on. Maybe some other brands do too. But anyways, long story shorter, after much research, I ended up with the GE Cafe line and it's kind of a luxury look and the black matte finish. So because I got a new oven, I had to get in a, a new micro hood and a new fridge to go with it, right? <laughs> yes. So my micro, my oven's in. Oh, it's beautiful, six burner gas, and um, I'm really happy with it. And that's what we installed. As many of you know, we built a house for our my in-laws next door to us, and we installed that same line for them. And it's very pretty. It looks very elegant and good quality GE. I just we switched over from KitchenAid, and I'm very very happy so far. And I'm just can't wait for my new refrigerator to come.
1: I, I so love I that, like vote. black slate or the black stainless steel. I think yeah, is a really it's a nice black look.
0: matte stainless steel. Yeah, it's a nice and then look. It has accents of regular brushed stainless steel, so um, it yeah, it's just beautiful. So I highly recommend that. That's my vote.
1: <laughs> uh, well, it sounds like you're in pretty good company because um, Whirlpool topped the list by a pretty wide margin in terms of being you know kind of the most used and most popular brand. But uh, GE's, two of their lines, the Normal and the Profile, both um, ended up making the list in second and third place. And then you had uh, KitchenAid and Frigidaire round out the top five. And that was in terms of usage. Um, So interesting to see all the different brands. We did KitchenAid for our new dishwasher uh, after the kitchen renovation. And, um, like we we kind of were you know limited with what we could choose because there was like not very many dishwashers available uh, because of those shortages that you just mentioned. but the kitchen we got pretty sweet. uh, you cannot hear that thing run whatsoever. Oh um,
0: great,
1: yeah, it's a, it was a nice upgrade from the previous one. All right, have last you but not, oh, go oh ahead. sorry,
0: yeah. I was just gonna say, have you seen all the colors coming out in 2021 and patterns?
1: Oh, patterns now. Is that that's patterns the new thing? um yeah. there's a
0: a line called Blue Star by Design that's coming out with floral patterns on your ranges and refrigerators. So I'm really excited to see that in a show in a showcase home and how ha- mm-hmm. and how a designer's gonna work with that.
1: That's gonna be a bold choice because you better like it because it's not, you know,
0: it's yeah. not it's
1: not paint on the wall that you can go exactly. change very easily. Right? And
0: there's teal and pink and blue oh. and cobalt. So, colors are coming back. I mean, we, you know, I'll see those vintage pink refrigerators, Mm -hmm. but it's coming back.
1: We're going to circle back around. Life is a circle, right? We're going to circle back around to pink tiled bathrooms, aren't we? I hope so. We're coming back to that. (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) One of these days, we will circle back, just like the bell bottoms. We'll go back to where you tile the entire bathroom floor to ceiling and make it all pink. That's coming back, I think. Uh, Prediction for 2029. How about that? Yes. Um, All right. Last but not least, one more headline for you, Colleen. By the way, if you have any questions about anything we talk about here on the show, don't hesitate to reach out. You can text the word Oregon to the number 21000 to contact the show. You can also download the Home Selling Guide and Buying Guide by doing that. Text the word Oregon to the number 21,000. Best small towns. So this was Realtor.com that published this list of top 10 affordable small towns in the country where you'd actually want to live. So I guess that was sort of a dig at like a top small town that you wouldn't want to live at. I don't know why they added the qualifier for, <laughs> you, if you're make, na- naming it a top town, wouldn't that kind of be implied anyway that you would right. want to live there? But In any event. Uh, That's more of a bone to pick with the editor of that article. Uh, All 10 are pretty much upper Midwest. In fact, almost all 10 are upper Midwest, with the exception of a western New York town and one in New Mexico. But even then, we're still talking pretty relatively geographically central. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nothing in the east or west coast, really.
0: Too expensive.
1: I guess too expensive. But we still have plenty of small towns. There's a few affordable small towns out there, right?
0: Yeah, pretty rural. They <laughs> <laughs> used right. to say Salem was one of them. Not anymore. <laughs>
1: not anymore. Okay, all right. Um, all right, well, okay, let's do this. If, if we're not talking necessarily affordable, if we can drop that part of the equation, what mm-hmm. do you think are, are some of the best small towns in your area?
0: Uh, well, my heart's in McMinnville. I just, McMinnville is just one of my favorite little towns. It's obviously, for those of you that know me, it's Wine Lover's Heaven, Pinot Noir Paradise, the epicenter of Oregon's famous wine valley, 220 wineries and vineyards. And I just love the look and the feel and I love the craftsman new construction custom homes they're building out there. So that gets my vote.
1: The Keeping It Real Estate Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and most major podcasting apps. Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. Just search for Keeping It Real Estate with Colleen Benson on your favorite app to find us. Or you can find subscribe links, listen to past episodes, check out the show notes and other great resources, including ways to contact the show and Colleen by visiting keepingitrealestatepodcast.com. That's keepingitrealestatepodcast.com.
0: Did you know that Colleen Benson also has a radio show? Tune in to the Keeping It Real Estate radio show, Saturdays and Sundays at 1 p.m. on AM 1220 and 104.3 FM KSLM.